down in three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. In the entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying. T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. This thunderous Thursday edition. Don't forget tomorrow at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook. Mike Tice will join us and participate in our best bets. The former Vikings head coach. Always fun with uh, Mike Tice. Marco D'Angelo will be in the house. Jay Cornegay as well. And tomorrow night, don't forget Cool in the Gang at the International Theater inside the Westgate Friday and Saturday night. And don't forget also today, uh, as we speak right now, the uh, pop-up shop is up and going for the Las Vegas Aces from 2 to 6 p.m. at their brand new headquarters, their facility, 1415 Raiders Way, right there in Henderson off of St. Rose Parkway. So go out there and uh, get your WNBA Finals swag. Uh, tons of stuff up there. T-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, your finals gear, all brand new stuff. When I was over at the facility two days ago, uh, I saw the truck come in and drop all the stuff off. Unbelievable. The, the great stuff that they've got. And you didn't grab me anything? No. And it's funny you say that because, uh, a lot of stuff was outside, right? And I'm going, what's, you know, very easily for me, just like, you know, pick up some stuff, throw in the trunk or whatever. But of course I would not do that. And I go, Hey, why is this stuff outside? They go, Oh, we got to air it out. What is your major malfunction, numb nuts? Got to air it out, you know, but yeah, uh, the girl's doing a fantastic job over there, putting everything together. The pop-up shop happening at the Aces facilities and give you a chance. If you haven't gone over there, I mean, you got to check it out. It is state of the art. Fantastic. And the pop-up shop is there from 2 to 6 p.m. today. Get your WNBA Finals gear, swag, call it what you want. All right. I hope our next guest has his WNBA Aces swag, the one and only Scott Spritzer. What's going on, my man? How's it going, TC? You know, I was just thinking while you were talking that uh, it's amazing that one owner of the two teams in Las Vegas, one owner of two sports teams at a professional level can have the best coach in their particular league and the worst coach of their particular league at the same time. <laughs> and maybe I'm being a little bit rough on Josh McDaniels, but we'll stick to the positive and just say with Becky Hammond, he's got huh. the best 
right. in the league. <laughs> right, right. I got you, man. I got you. Oh, man. Let's start off talking uh, about some baseball here. And let's, well, you know what? You, you know, we were talking a little aces there. And again, I know you follow it and I know you had a fantastic handicapping WNBA season here. Uh, give me some thoughts, man. Uh, what you're going to do, if anything, on Sunday afternoon, 12 noon, aces and the, uh, Liberty aces, I believe what hovering between a five and a half, six point favorite. What do you think? Yeah, down to four and a half total, basically 172, 172 and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to leave game one alone. I, I might jump in with Vegas if it goes down another point, a half a point. But I tell you what I like to do, both NBA uh, playoffs and WNBA playoffs, and one of my top plays this postseason was that Aces game against Dallas that scored 125 points between the two teams and went under the total by 50 points. I love when you get to game three to look to play the under in a, in a, in a series like this, like Liberty and the Aces. I mean, I know these teams already know each other inside and out, but when you get a couple of games under the belt in, in, in an immediate series setting, that third game is generally going to go under the total uh, with both teams just knowing exactly what the other team wants to do. So that still might be my top play the entire season, wait and see how these first two games go. Uh, but as far as Vegas is concerned, I think if I can get down to four, and I'm not into buy and have a point. I never do that in any sport. But if it gets down to four, I'll probably jump in with Las Vegas in this one. Yeah, and the uh, Liberty have dropped the game ones of both of their series so far, Washington and Connecticut. Then they obviously bounce back uh, uh, to win rather handily the rest of the way. But uh, this is a team that has struggled uh, in first half of games. Uh, they've come storming back in fourth quarters. We saw that really... Uh, uh, in the beginning a lot, but they, they, they continued this trend, Scott, throughout, uh, the season. And it's going to be really interesting that Brianna Stewart has been in this situation before. Uh, and John Quell Jones has been in this situation before, even though Jones really never had any success against the Aces when she was with Connecticut. But this is going to be the first time for everybody else in that roster to be in a WNBA finals. Now, Courtney Vandersloot was with Chicago Sky, but then, you know, you got Benaja Laney and then you've got Sabrina Inescu who do, who touch the ball quite a bit, you know, for them and running the show, especially Inescu. It'll be interesting to see how they react in game number one. And uh, yeah, I think that's a rather low line for the Aces, a team that's uh, very um, very rested, well-equipped, focused, as we know. So uh, I do like the Aces in game one. Yeah, you know what I, I think I'm going to be looking towards also is maybe a second-half play. If, you know, we saw when the Liberty did beat the Aces a couple of times how poorly the Aces performed in the second half of those games after being anybody's game when it went into halftime. If the Aces can be up seven or eight points at the half, I, I might come back, not say that they'd lose the game outright, but I think I might come back with the Liberty in the second half at that point, or at least in the third quarter. That might not be a bad play. But I need the Aces to perform well in the first half, have a seven, eight-point lead uh, if I'm going to do that. But I agree with what you said. I mean, especially if we can get down to four. I don't think it's going to get to four. It's a couple of books that I'm looking at have the juice on Vegas, at that four and a half, they're making you lay a minus a dollar fifteen on that four and a half, so I doubt it gets to four. Might end up coming with the aces anyway at four and a half as a small play, and then hope I can get what I just mentioned as far as a potential third quarter or second half play. Now, one thing you got going for you: none of these games have been close. Uh, the, home, yeah. the home team has <laughs> has won in in, in dominating fashion. Uh, we know the Liberty won the the game here in the Commissioner's Cup, so uh, they did win three out of five. But yeah, none of the games uh, have been close, and I gotta expect that. I think all of these games, for the most part, 
should be much closer than the regular season games. What, are you just going to go game by game, or are you going to invest in a series here? I like Las Vegas in the series, but I'm one of those guys who tends to go game by game and, you know, feel like I could do a little bit better by watching what's happening. But, you know, if you said I had to make a call on the series or I had to plunk my money down, you know, it's about a, I see as low as a buck 80, as high as a buck 90. So in that range, I think that's a fair price if you like the aces in this series. So if I had to play it, it would be Las Vegas, but I, I tend to be one of those guys who just likes to go game by game when you get to the finals. All right, Scott Spritzer joins us, DocSports.com. Go there, subscribe to Scott's Plays. Uh, doesn't matter the sport, he is all over it and doing exceptionally well. Uh, speaking of uh, baseball, like we said, let's talk about this. Uh, no games today because all four series went sweep variety, and none of these games, Scott, really even close. I mean, maybe the Minnesota-Toronto thing, but... I mean, Minnesota jumped on top in both games, held on 3-1, 2-0. But look at the other other series. Texas wins 4-0, 7-1. Tampa Bay a no-show again in the postseason. And Arizona taking care of business uh, against Milwaukee in both games, coming from behind. And then after the Brewers got the early lead in both games, never scored again. 6-3, 5-2 in those two games. And then Philly, I thought that was the easiest call of the four series, 4-1 and 7-1 here. Are you surprised that we're not seeing a game three? I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Even the Texas-Tampa Bay series, I thought Tampa Bay would win one of those two games. But, you know, then you go back and you think that, you know, that Tampa Bay lineup and, and rotation uh, was not the same one that we saw start the season and win 13 games in a row. And I'm telling you right now, I was talking about this on a show yesterday, I'd probably make uh, the April Tampa Bay raise about a $1.40 to $1.50 favorite over the October Tampa Bay Rays because of the loss of pitchers to injury, because of the loss of some regular players, daily players to injury, and then you have one player with the alleged problem away from the field with an underage person, you know, that's a situation where this team just wasn't the same. And then you got no backing. What, they have 15,000, 18,000 people in the stands? You know, you look at a place rocking like the Phillies. You know, that stadium was just going nutso. Uh, and, and one thing that I wanted to mention on your show today, TC, I've been kind of saving this, is that there's a really cool stat that I forget which network it was the other night showing the game, and I love it when networks dig deep. And I think it was Sarah Lang, who's, who's uh, battling ALS, who showed this and came up with a stat, and they posted it on the network. But um, going into this year's postseason, if you backed the team that had hit more home runs in their playoff game, against their opponent in that particular game, you were on a 123, 123 wins, excuse me, 128 wins, 33 loss, a run. And it went 5-0 in this year's postseason thus far, 133 and 23 now. So you said, okay, well, that's easy to say. you got to predict who's going to hit more home runs in the game. So what I did, TC, and, and this is one of the reasons I backed Minnesota in both games, I just went and I looked for teams during the course of the season and over the last month that hit several more home runs than their opponent on the season. And that was the case with, for instance, Minnesota. And they had like 233 home runs to Toronto's 188 going into that series. And then I took a one step further and I thought, okay, I want to look at pitchers who have low home run rates as opposed to potentially facing pitchers who have high home run rates. And if it added up, man, you got good plays, you got wins across the board. Philly in both, Minnesota in both, and those two uh, teams were able to clean up. Plus, Miami wasn't that good on the road this season anyway. They were a home team, and, and having to play in Philly didn't help. So 
that's something that you continue to look at. I mean, for instance, you know, the Atlanta Braves, they set a record. They had 307 home runs. You know, Philly hit over 220, still almost 100 fewer home runs than the Atlanta Braves. You look at, you know, for instance, Arizona and the Dodgers. Arizona about 166 on the regular season. The Dodgers close to 250. So then take that and then start looking at those pitching matchups, and then you can decide if you think you've got a good matchup between home run rate pitchers and teams that hit more home runs by a long distance more than their opponents. And I think it's a pretty good metric that uh, we've been able to put together. We always knew that this was a good metric as far as teams that can hit home runs in a game more than their opponent. But when I saw the actual stat, I was like, all right, we got to dig into this a little further. So I don't normally say that I watch a network and watch a sporting event and get a good stat that I can you know, chew on and add some stuff to it and find a good metric. But I think we found one here, TC. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up because I heard that a couple of days ago, and I believe uh, in the, uh, the stat that, that I had was it was uh, by the year. So I think it was like 33-5 and five last year, and it was an average of like the last four or five years of something like 30-5. and five. And it's like, wow. I mean, that's in you. I think you gave us the cumulative total of, of those last few years, I believe. And exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that means something right there. You know, when you look at Arizona, now we've got the, uh, the DSs, you know, starting here. You got Arizona and the Dodgers, and you would think, wow, you know, I mean, the Dodgers, you know, definitely with that power and everything. But, you know, once we get to, to October and we're playing night baseball and everything, we know that that ball does not fly out of Dodger Stadium. So I don't know if that, you know, gets, uh, you know, knock down a little bit or whatever. And, you know, the Diamondbacks do have a hitter friendly park there, you know, at uh, Chase Field or whatever the heck they're calling it now. But isn't it weird, Scott, that here we are and we, especially in the National League, that we've got both division series happening. You know, we've got, we've got the Atlanta and, and Philadelphia, same division battling each other, Dodgers and Diamondbacks battling each other. Seems a little strange. It does. I mean, usually we get at least a central team in there, you know, but we don't. Uh, this year, Milwaukee blew it at their home park, but uh, it is. It's a little bit odd. I mean, you know, I think we're in for two great series. I mean, the thing is, you, you mentioned that, you know, the ball doesn't fly out of Dodger Stadium as well in the evening, and plus you got that back, those back-to-back bats of, of Carroll, the rookie, yeah. and, and Cattell Marte, and we saw them go, what, they went back-to-back, I think, in game one against Milwaukee. And if you're just a little bit off as a Dodger pitcher and you're coming up and those are two or three of the batters you're scheduled to face in your next inning, that, that's a little rough. And they can go deep on them and kind of change things. I, I don't think the Phillies can knock off the Braves. I really don't. I think the Braves' power at the plate that we just talked about, uh, plus the pitching matchups are eventually going to be too strong for the Phillies. Uh, but, again, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But that stat that, you know, again, I think it was Sarah Lang that put it out there. And you mentioned, you know, she did it by season from 2018 through last year's postseason play. And then I, I just put them all together and saw that they were at the time 128 and 33. And uh, I think with those pitching matchups and that, you know, looking at their ratios as far as home runs allowed is going to play true. Um, Texas and Baltimore, Texas has a big advantage over the O's. You know, but here we are. We're sitting here, what, we're 48 hours from first pitch, and we still don't have confirmed pitchers, except for Clayton Kershaw in all likelihood. Uh, you would think Strider would go for the Atlanta Braves, you know, in this particular game. But I, I might end up coming in with a little bit of series action on Texas by tomorrow at this time. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. And you know, here's the thing about 
about that Philly Atlanta series where I say I think that Philly does have a shot because this team really does and you alluded to it playing at home there when those fans they are playing with a lot of mojo right now and with Harper and Stott and I love seeing Bryson Stott the UNLV product and you know kid who's been on the show here before uh, hit the grand slam I, I just think that Philly's got some momentum and as we know Atlanta didn't play that well uh, in the last few weeks of the season granted they were they were well ahead but they have pitching problems. I mean, they've got injuries, as we know. So I think if Atlanta was ever susceptible, it may be, Scott, to this to this Philadelphia team. And Philly could be a live dog. And, and as we know, both these teams have been there in the World Series the last two seasons. I think that is a fantastic uh, matchup. And frankly, I wish this was the NLCS instead of the DS here. Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise me right now because, as we know, you get, you get these teams going here um, you know, at the end of the season with Mojo, and, and Philly definitely has that. Yeah, and you mentioned the injuries to Atlanta. Two of their starting rotation are banged up, yep. you know, going into this one. And the, the thing that scares me a little bit about the Phillies, I, I mean, they did just take on a team that, you know, struggles in the environment they were in in Philadelphia, playing on the road in Miami. They're not going to get a team that's, you know, intimidated or not playing well on the road in this particular series. And, you know, I look at like Ranger Suarez. Do I want to back him right. against the, right. the brave back? Because they use their two best pitchers. You're right. And then there's a big drop yeah. off, you know, from, uh, from in Wheeler and Nola down to, to Suarez. You're right about yeah, Suarez, Taiwan Walker, Christopher Sanchez, mm-hmm. and none of those strike fear. Although, you know, Suarez, his home run ratio is not bad. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm, I'm thinking it's like around 106 or 107. And I believe it's better than Spencer Strider's. So that gives the Phillies some hope on the mound. Aaron Nola's home run ratio, I know he pitched well against the Marlins, but his home ratio is huge. It's like 1.65, which is not good if he's going to be called upon to face the Braves later in this series. But, yeah, Zach Wheeler could win any game he starts. Aaron Nola could have a hot half a game and let the bullpen do their work. But I I get a little bit worried when you're talking about Walker and Sanchez. So here's the question, Scott. All right, you got to be line maker right now, okay? We're going to put you on the other side of the counter, okay? And you're going to have some fun with this one. Give me the line that Otto the Garbage Man makes an appearance in the Rangers Orioles series. <laughs> I love it. Minus a dollar ninety. Okay, that he makes an appearance. That he makes an appearance. Okay, okay. I mean, he's 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 one of the worst, so he's going to get in a game. Okay, he's going to have to get. A, I think he's going to get in a game at least once. Okay. Out of the garbage, I man. Love it. Haven't heard that since last summer. I love it. You got that right. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk a little uh, NFL tonight. Uh, I don't know if it's so much of a game that anyone wants to watch, but is there some value there if uh, we want to play the Redskins against the Bears? Yeah, dear NFL. Oh my welcome. God! What did I say? The Commanders against the Bears. Oh, I didn't even notice it either. How about that? Wow. And I, I thought that's what you were calling me out on. Sorry about that. Well, no, I was going to say, uh, dear NFL, thank you. Are You're welcome so much for point spreads and totals. You know, otherwise right. nobody's watching this football right. game. Uh, maybe even Windy City fans aren't watching this football game after what's happened to them. Yeah, you know, at seven, I was tempted to play the Bears. and I, But I got to tell you, you know, TC, 35 years ago when I was, you know, young, kind of stupid and broke, I was also tempted to eat week-old pizza. And I learned to resist. So I'm going to, you know, resist the temptation to bet the beer, the bears. I just can't do it right down the line six in most places. What I did do in this game is, you know, back to the props. Uh, we've done really well on these Thursday night props more than I bet as far as the games are concerned. The sides are totals. 
And DJ Moore, you could have had him at 49.5 yesterday morning. It's up to 50.5 his receiving yards, the Bears wide receiver. It's minus $1.15 on that 50.5 over, which I still think is decent. I liked it at 49.5. I like it at 50.5. Uh, he was underutilized a few weeks ago. That's no longer the case. I mean, you look at Moore, Justin Fields. They've developed an obvious, you know, mutualistic relationship, I guess you can call it on the gridiron, a real nice symbiosis. And Moore's got 17 receptions on 22 targets in his last three games. He's averaging 92 yards receiving per contest. Washington's defense has given up 34, 37, and 33 points in the last three games. And get this, in those three games, six receivers, six opposing receivers gained at least 66 yards receiving in those outings. Huge game for A.J. Brown of the Eagles. Huge game for Stephon Diggs of the Bills. Even the Denver Broncos saw three players gain 66 yards up to 113 yards receiving against Washington. You're talking about the best receiver, the one guy Justin Fields trusts now over the last few games. I think over in 50, over 50 and a half receiving yards for D.J. Moore is the way to go. Okay, there it is. I like that. All right, my friend, let's talk a little college football. Um, I know we still like to call it uh, whatever the Red River shootout, whatever, no, who knows what it is now. Oklahoma, Texas, the Texas State Fair. You got to love that, baby. And uh, we've got a battle of two undefeateds here. I know a lot of people out there think that Texas is is definitely the real deal and maybe even a number one. Uh, they're favored by six, I believe the number is, give or take, right, against Oklahoma. You got an opinion on this one? Yeah, I do actually, and and it's funny because I've been you know talking up Texas quite a bit uh, over the course of the last few weeks, but I actually like Oklahoma plus the points in this one, and a small part of that is the way they got rocked last year, forty nine to nothing. I think there's going to be some extra motivation and also some uh, extra focus this week getting ready for Texas. There's a real cool metric that's called the net points per drive, which deals with the difference between points scored per drive and points allowed uh, per opponent's offensive drives. Oklahoma's fourth in the country. That's, you know, it goes Michigan, Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's fourth in the country, that metric. And we'll see if they can keep that up against, you know, the best team they're going to have faced this season. They can sling the football OU, and the defense has been tough against the run. I know the schedule's been a bit soft, but really outside of Alabama, Texas has faced a soft schedule. I know they played Kansas, but they find out right before game time they don't have to face one of the top college quarterbacks in the country who had a back injury and couldn't play. So they got off easy in that particular game. Their past defense, Texas, it's been okay, but it's nothing special. I like their front seven. I'm not crazy about their secondary. I think this I think this is a close game this year, and I think Oklahoma hangs that number. All right. I, I like with I like that. I'm leaned uh, that way uh, myself. Anything else uh, on Saturday that uh, piques your interest? Yeah, you know what, TC? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Cal, or I should say I did back Cal. You can still get nine and a half. They're at home to Oregon State. I know Oregon State's been getting a lot of ink. Uh, this is a late-night game, by the way, like 7 o'clock our time out here on the West Coast. Um, they're a serious moneymaker, Cal, under Justin Wilcox when they're getting points. They're 21-7 and seven as a dog of more than four points since Wilcox has been coaching there. And as far as Oregon State, all of a sudden they're showing that they might not be quite as good as we thought a couple of weeks ago. That passing game with Uigalele has completed, he's completed just 45 of his last 89 passes. That's less than 51%. He's got more interceptions, four, than he does touchdown passes, three, in those three straight games. Their pass defense, Oregon State, it's not too hot, despite facing Utah's horrible passing attack with the backup quarterback, San Diego State, UC Davis, San Jose State. Pass defense has not been that great. The one high-powered offense they faced scored 38 points. That was Wazoo. And I love California, man. 
I tell you what about the rushing dog angle. They average 212 yards per game on the ground. They only give up 98. Right. I love underdogs with a two to one or better rush angle and rush yardage to what they hold their opponents. So I think at plus nine and a half, this number's too big. All right, good call. Let's go to the NFL side. Scott, what's going on here? Uh, Jacksonville is playing Buffalo in London again. <laughs> two, seriously, two weeks in a row, the Jaguars? I mean, what, are they living back there now? Did they Are they staying at Faulty Towers? I mean, what's going on here? Help me out. I know you love that <laughs> I'm reference. telling you, yeah. this, is, this is crazy that they're having to be there two weeks in a row. Um, last week I had the, I remember on your show, we talked about them. I had the Jacksonville Jaguars yes. and we got the win 23 to seven. I think that they've got a shot to not only hang this number, but maybe upset Buffalo in London. Uh, if you look at this matchup for Trevor Lawrence and look at what Buffalo's got, they've got a problem at safety in this game, the Buffalo bills, they've got injuries at safety. Uh, they've lost one of their top corners, Tredavious white. He had that season ending Achilles injury, uh, last week. So I think, you know, Lawrence can pass the ball effectively against a banged-up and shorthanded Buffalo secondary, and I, I like him here. I think they at least hang the number, if not win the game outright. All right. What else do you like uh, in the NFL? And then, then we'll also close it with the Raiders-Packers Monday night. Well, let me see. Well, yeah, we'll get to the Raiders-Packers in just a minute. That's a great game, huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Bears and, uh, and, and the Commanders. Mm-hmm. But uh, another game that I like here would be uh, the Indianapolis Colts plus two and a half over the Titans. And I got to admit, I'm pleasantly surprised at the play of um, Colts rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's played extremely well when not nursing an injury, and he's having no problem with that jump in speed you get your rookie year from college football to the NFL. He's recognizing defenses without much trouble. And then the Indy defense, if you look at your uh, traditional stats, TC, you're going to think, oh, this defense isn't playing well against the run, against the pass. But there's a great metric, which is called run-stop-win rate. They're seventh in the NFL in that deep metric that I value quite a bit, more than just traditional statistics are concerned. So I think what's going to happen, it's going to make Ryan Tannehill have to throw the ball more than Tennessee once, and he's not, he's not playing well. Four picks, two touchdown passes. I know they're off the 24-point win over the Cincinnati Bengals as a two-and-a-half-point dog, but did you know Tennessee, they've covered just six of the last uh, 22 off an outright win by 14 or more as a dog. I like looking at Tennessee when they're getting points, not necessarily when they're laying. I like the Colts here to get the win. Especially laying on the road as well, too. Yes. And we, yep. we, go, we go back to the end of last year, how dreadful they were. I mean, losing week after week after week, and then they didn't start this season that well. Yeah, I, I don't trust Tennessee that they're going to give us two quality performances in consecutive weeks. So I'm, I'm with you with that. All right, Packers, Raiders, virtually a pick of my friend. What do you got? Oh, man, it's tough to back either one of these teams right now. I, I would be all over Green Bay if they weren't so banged up on the offensive line, Jenkins, Bakhtiari, guys like that. Yeah. And also, you know, you got to keep an eye on uh, Jair Alexander because he's the guy who draws the assignment on Devontae Adams. And you got Adams playing against Green Bay the first time since he left Green Bay. Uh, Garoppolo's questionable. Uh, I don't know that that hurts Las Vegas to not have him in there instead of, you know, O'Connell. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, there's so many, as they like to call them, moving parts when it comes to the injuries and guys who may or may not play that I just got to wait a couple of days. I'm leaning towards Green Bay. I saw a real nice write-up that talked about the fact that if you remove the Broncos from the Raiders' record since Josh McDaniels has been the head coach of Las Vegas, 
Las Vegas has won four of 18 games, yeah, right. taking away the three wins against the Broncos. Yeah. So I lean Green Bay, but I got to, I got to, especially that Alexander injury. I got to make sure he's going to be able to play, so they got somebody capable of of defending Devontae Adams. No, the offensive line injuries have been brutal for them. The defensive side like with Alexander, you're right about that. And then again with Jordan Love. I mean, he did not look good last week. I have no faith in him. And then the Garoppolo situation is still technically in concussion protocol, even though he practiced today, but I mean, very, very limited. And according to the Raiders, he is in the final stages of that. So uh, he should be cleared, but it is strange. Here we are on a Thursday, and the guy got injured nearly two weeks ago, and he's still in concussion protocol. So, again, yeah, this is one that you're going to have to wait out and see. But I don't know, Scott. I, I can't make a case for either team. It might be yeah. just one of those, you know, uh, you know, games to pass on altogether. I've been involved in there. Not every Monday night game because there was a couple of Mondays there where there were two games, but I've been involved in a Monday night game. Every week this season, but not this one, unless I come up with a couple of props. And again, it's going to be based on some of these injuries, potential of Alexander coming back on Green Bay or for Green Bay on defense. But I, this is probably going to be my first pass for Simon Toll on a Monday this year. All right. He is Scott Spritzer, docsports.com. Go there, subscribe to Scott's plays, docsports.com. Good luck this weekend, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, TC. Have a good one. Appreciate you. There he is. The best. No question about it. Doing it for a long time, and look what we covered. Just there. We started off with the WNBA Finals, Major League Baseball postseason, NLDS, ALDS, NFL game tonight, not attractive at all. Chicago and Washington, if I had to play this game, I have to obviously would have to look at Washington. Can't back Justin Fields, even though the Sam Howell has not been been very good uh for Washington, but he's been better than Fields. Then we got college football, huge couple huge games. That we talked about with Scott and Tim Brando last hour. You got Alabama AM, Oklahoma, Texas, Kentucky, and Georgia. Those are the biggies. And then the NFL. And seriously, what is Jacksonville doing playing in two games? You know, and an NFL team has to give up a home game. Well, this is one that Jacksonville had to give up a home game. I guess Buffalo had, or, you know, they had to give up a home game and an away game. I don't know if last week was Atlanta's home game they had to give up or Jacksonville's. I'm guessing. It would probably have to be Jacksonville, but for this week, because Buffalo's not going to give up a home game. I think it's whoever has, whoever's the home side is gave up the home game. Yeah. But you know, here's the thing. The NFL has kind of made all teams do this now. So Buffalo probably doesn't have a choice anymore. Cause remember Green Bay relented. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh was the same way that we're not giving up a home game to no matter how much money you pay us. But the NFL said, Hey, everyone's going to have to do it. So <sighs> it is crazy. And another 6.30 in the morning game. What do we got? We got Cars? Toy Story? I wish it Who's was that? Cars. Everybody wants Cars want, next. Well, no, Cars is what they're going to do with NASCAR. You can guarantee, I can guarantee you that one. Yeah. I would love another uh, another Toy Story game, though. So I went through uh, some physical therapy today, you know? Yeah. And my guy was talking about this. He's got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And they were both watching the game. And the dad was, too. They were. And I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I go, how much of the game do they watch? He goes, they watch the whole thing. Yeah. I go, are you serious? He goes, well, they, you know, got to play with their toy. He goes, but for the, yeah, they were locked in and they were just like mesmerized of the TV. They thought it was so cool. See, and I think that is a lot better than the slime game. Probably. Cause yeah. it makes the game actually more fun to watch. And here's a guy in his mid late thirties and he's sitting there talking about, Hey, did you see the claw, you know, come out? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? So I said, well, 
what did you did you watch the regular broadcast or did you watch this? He goes, Well, of course I watched the Toy Story broadcast. He goes, I got two kids. <laughs> I, I was forced to watch it. There you go. All right, we come back. We get ready for Monday Night Football, Raiders, and the Packers. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. in. All right, don't forget, Monday, we'll be broadcasting live from Slice of Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay shops between the Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. And one of my favorite places, Slice of Vegas, the all-you-can-eat tailgate party. Mm, 75 bucks, all-you-can-eat, the pizza, the chicken, the pasta, everything there. And all you can drink, too. You got to like that. Beer, wine, well drinks. Mm. And we've got tickets to give away. Free tickets to give away for Monday Night Football coming up Monday, 2 to 5 p.m., Prior to the Raiders hosting the Green Bay Packers. Looking forward to that matchup, huh? And all the Wisconsinites, they're in town. They're ready to drink. Are they going to see a Packers victory? I don't know. But, yes, the Raider indoor tailgate party at Slice of Vegas. In the Mandalay Bay shops. And our good friend, who does a fantastic job there at uh, Slice of Vegas, Brian Norris and Scott Frost. Not the Scott Frost, the former Nebraska coach. Let's do not get Scott Frost, this Scott Frost, confused with that Scott Frost. Let's be very clear about this. This guy has a much better arm and uh, probably better coaching knowledge as well, too. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Uh, hello. Hello. Oh, shoot. Did I wake you up, Scott? Did I wake uh, you up? Who's this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. I, oh, is it Thursday? it's Thursday. You Thursday? you missed that riveting introduction I gave yeah. you? I mean, what oh. are you doing, man? Did you set I'm your so alarm sick. clock? What are you, like a professional athlete? You're sitting there taking naps now in well, the middle you, of the day? Now you, now you know why I got fired from Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. How you doing? How you doing, TC? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Good, good. Uh, you would be surprised how many people say, are you that Scott Frost? And you know how hard it is when you get fired and everyone's talking about Scott Frost got fired. Yeah, and that's all you see is the headline. You're watching ESPN and, and, and your, your name's up there as fired as head coach. It's horrible. It's I know. Horrible. I know. But you look at that and they go, oh, no, that's not, that's just, just, just that's bad juju right there. You know? Yeah. But, it's like, yeah. You, but you can never get fired. I mean, you're the owner, so you can never get fired. <laughs> I've been I have been spectacularly fired three times in my life, so I finally started my own company, so I can't I can't get fired anymore. I, I love it. I think that's hey, and I got to give you some love too, because you know how much I love Slice and Who Songs, and you own both those establishments, uh, both next door to each other. And after Aces games, it's real. It's a simple choice for me, but I'm glad you've given me choices because after the Aces games, I go, okay, do I feel like tacos and enchiladas tonight, or do I feel like you know you know pizza or a Philly cheesesteak. So it makes it good because I can make that same walk after every game and, you know, just get a little little different variety. So I thank you for that, for being, you know, having well, places you're right, ne- right next door to each other. How convenient it's, for me. It's our pleasure. It's, it's convenient for everybody. And by the way, the, the, the tailgate party mm-hmm. that you're talking about is going to feature food from both Slice and Who Songs. Oh, so we're wow. going to have chicken wings, a taco bar, a nacho bar, assorted pizzas. 
even breakfast. You want breakfast? We're going to give you breakfast. Oh, wow. So, wow. And then we got beers. We got liquor. We got games, cornhole, beer pong, giant Jenga, shuffleboard, bunch of different games. And you get to watch it in the comfort, climate-controlled yes. Grand Marquee room. Yes. Here at uh, here at Flights of Vegas, so we're excited about that. Yeah, the Marquee Room is beautiful. We've had the pleasure to do shows from there, and we're going to do Monday show from there. So we're looking forward to that. But doing the WNBA Aces Draft Party, uh, always uh, spectacular. Like you said, with the food options there, and and uh, that Marquee Room is is great because it's it, it's private enough, but still get the ambience of, of everything else. And like I said, you got the TVs, you got the food there, so uh, it is fantastic. And, and I'm glad that you guys are doing this uh scott what kind of led you and brian the whole gang to kind of you know come up with this uh this idea of the indoor raiders tailgate party well one you you love to be with other fans before a big game right so you want to be you want to be with other fans but as fickle as the weather can be uh it can be either scorching hot windy or freezing cold based on the time of year so when when you hit fall you never know what you're going to get when you're out there so we just said look man we're 12 minutes 12 minute walk from allegiance why, why not have a tailgate back here have all the games in one spot we've got eight taps and we got a giant kitchen to feed all the food that you want we'll put it all in one one spot and get everyone together and have a good time yeah, great stuff. Indoor tailgate party coming your way. Uh, every Raiders home game. And then we got a, the first Monday night game. Now, you had a Sunday night game. How about this? How unusual is this? Not a lot of teams have this where their first two home games, or they're not at the beginning of the season. Raiders were on the road at Denver and then at Buffalo. So then you got week three, you got Pittsburgh on a Sunday night game. And then your next home game after you go on the road uh, a week later is uh, is at home against the iconic Green Bay Packers. So you got Steeler fans, you got Packer fans, and you got Monday Night Football. And I can hardly wait till you get this going on a regular Sunday, like at one o'clock, so you can come a little early. You can watch the morning games. That's what I'm looking forward to, Scott. So this is a little bit different, a little unusual, but still, still very, very cool. Well, anyone that knows me knows I love to throw a good party, and. Uh... Uh, if you've gone to Allegiant, you know, you buy two tall boys and a stale piece of pizza and you're in it for 75 bucks easy. Why not come over here, get a fresh spread, huge buffet, all you can eat, all you can drink for 75 bucks, fill up, walk over to the stadium, watch the game. Can't beat it. You can't beat it. Hey, and I imagine that it was pretty crazy in there with those Steeler fans going back a couple weeks ago. Are you prepared for the Wisconsinites? Because the Cheeseheads are coming, Man, and they like to drink. They can drink. <laughs> they can drink. They can drink. If they're anything like Notre Dame fans, you remember the Notre oh, Dame yeah. uh, game last year? Jeez. Notre yeah. Dame, Notre no, Dame, BYU. No. Now, that was a little bit different, yeah. Scott, so I don't know. Did you have, like, uh, you know, Notre Dame fans standing by the bar, and then the BYU fans, you know, they're not drinking. So they're over there no. as far away from the bar as possible. No, but they they, had, they they brought their families and they ate a lot, so that was great. <laughs> so we had, it was it was it was a good good mix. We saw Steelers. Steeler fans showed up in force last week. So looking forward to seeing the uh, the cheeseheads. This will be uh, this will be interesting for sure. All right, he is Scott Frost, uh, owner of uh, Slice of Vegas, and also whose songs two of our favorite places there inside the Mandalay Bay shops and. Uh, Aces fans are very, very familiar with Slice of Vegas. As you know, miss twice, get a slice. Fans love that. And uh, it's a lot of fun calling that every time 
Scott, and every, every time that uh, the opponent misses the first end of the free throw, I go out there and I say, okay, here we go. Our good friends from Slice of Vegas, uh, they're getting uh, their extra help already on the phone right now. And we'll let, we'll let, I don't even call the second free throw. I said, the fans will let you know if they're eating pizza for free or not. And then when they miss yeah. the second free throw, the crowd goes nuts. I go, there you have it. And next thing you know, that's when I, 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 I see Brian and, 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 and all the crew. They're going like, oh my gosh, here we go. We got, we got, we got to get those aprons on. We got to go now. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like to try to make 170 free pizzas inside of an hour? No, uh, I don't. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's nuts. And kudos to our team. Our team does a great job um, because we don't know if it's going to happen or not. So right. We're, we're kind of we're kind of like pizza firemen. We're on we're on call, waiting waiting to see what's going to happen. And if it drops, uh, we put it into high gear. I'm really proud of the team, boy. They they do a fantastic job getting getting uh, uh, thirteen fourteen hundred slices of pizza ready for people to come over and, and get it is is pretty amazing stuff. And that's if you haven't been to an Aces game yet, any of your listeners, you got to get out and support the team. They're gonna they're gonna be uh, Vegas's first repeat champions. Absolutely. You heard it here first. There you go. There you go. Now back to that promotion. I'm very curious on on how you came up with that because it is very ingenious. It is so ingenious, and I'm not sure you're aware of this or not that you have other WNBA players and coaches have referenced this on the national scale too and even Brianna Stewart talked about it when they had the all-star draft uh, with, with her and Asia Wilson and everything and they, you're, you're getting a lot of national attention for this because it's very ingenious well, we wanted we wanted to come up with a promotion. And we've we've been partners with the Aces since yep. they got here, absolutely. Um, yep. And and we wanted to do something that was disruptive. And I and I've got to give all the credit to Jason Andrea over at uh, um, the Las Vegas Aces organization. He's the one that came up with this. I loved it because the, there, it's, there's not very it's not very often you can affect the game as a sponsor, right? Like, what can you do to affect the game and you know, four seasons ago when the average attendance was, you know, 4,000 people, that was one thing. But now you've got, you know, 10,000, 11,000 people showing up in these games. It makes a difference. And like you said, players are starting to, to strategize around it. You can see them choke. You can, you can see them get a little extra tight yeah. when, when people are cheering that loud. And they know what's on the line because we put them on blast on social media. We put, we take their uh, roster picture and, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 thank them for the pizza. So That's they know they're going to be put on blast too. So it, it's been a lot of fun to watch it grow over the last couple of years. But it, you're right; it's become a phenomenon. We're going to have a Miss Twice shirts being made and thrown out into the crowd for the championship, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep, uh, slice of Vegas proud partners along with Who Songs, and then uh, Steel get a meal. That's another one too. Yeah, where and, yeah. And, and people love that. And and you know what's so cool about that is that I mean, you guys are giving away a meal, literally. I mean, you're giving away a, basically like a combo plate, or a, you know, the couple yep. tacos and everything, and. A lot yeah. of sponsors don't do that, so I commend you, and, and, and I'm very happy that you're proud sponsors and you've know, been with the Aces since the inception of, of, of 2018, and uh, I know fans love it, and I'm glad it's working out for you, but I don't know how you do it, my friend. I don't know how that you can you know, make that many pizzas and get that line flowing the way it does. Uh, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It really is, and seriously, uh, kudos to you and your staff for that. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. And, uh, we're, we're, uh, happy to be, uh, part of it. And, 
if this community hasn't hasn't seen a game, you got to get out and see one. Um, uh, you know, pack the house. Uh, what we only lost, uh, we only lost one game this year at home. That's right. right? Yep, twenty three and one yeah. right now. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's nuts. Uh, so there's definitely a home court advantage, and I'd love to see uh, the ladies bring home the hardware again this year. I think they're going to have an opportunity. A lot of people uh, showed up for that uh, trophy uh, ceremony last year. I don't. I don't think you remember. There was like twenty, thirty thousand people out there. Oh no, it was, it was great to see. It was I, think, I think this year will be there'll be twice as many. So yep. there we go. We got to go back to back with the parades, no doubt. All right, Scott, I appreciate the time. Uh, again, uh, go visit Slice of Vegas in the Mandalay Bay Shops and Hoosong's, uh, both places. Great. And the Raider indoor tailgate party happened in Sunday. Both kinds of food there. I mean, the uh, food options, uh, tremendous. And we'll be doing the show live there on Monday as well, too. So we'll look forward to seeing you. And you're, you're going to be giving away, you're going to be giving away, uh, tickets. We got, you got a lot of tickets for you to give away. We're, right? Yep. Yeah, we're giving away some tickets, uh, right now. That's what we're, that's what we're going to do right now. But my friend, we look right forward on. to, we look forward to seeing you at the game on Sunday as well, too. The Aces game, game one yeah. at 12 noon, brother. Yes. All right. See you there. Thanks so much, TC. You got it, brother. Appreciate it. Scott Frost Take does a care. fantastic job. All right, you want to go to Slice of Vegas? Real simple right now. We're going to blow them out. All you have to do is call us right now, 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. You're eating for free. You're drinking for free. It is the Raiders Indoor Tailgate Party, Monday night football. Actually, it's Monday afternoon, 2 to 5 p.m., and get ready. If you're going to the Raiders game, walk right over there from Slice of Vegas in the Mandalay Bay Shops immediately right after that. Okay? But guess what? If you're not going to the game, it's cool. Just come there and hang out. You can see the show, be part of it, and, and feed your face. 702-221-7283. We're going to give these away until the end of the show here for the next five minutes. So that's how much I want to, I want you to experience this. I want our listeners to experience this and, uh, we'll give away as many tickets as time allows here in the next five minutes. Plain and simple. 702-221-7283. No strings attached here. No strings attached. Just call in and win. And I want you to experience the great food. And the great drinks in the atmosphere, a slice of Vegas. It's 2 to 5 p.m. leading up until the Raiders and Packers Monday night football, 2 to 5 p.m. So give us a call, 702-221-7283. And you are eating and drinking for free, our good friends of Slice of Vegas. All right, uh, jam-packed show, as you well know, uh, today. Uh, I want to thank Gigi Spears uh, for joining us as, uh, she was, uh, uh, she got a bet. She got a bet from me. I mean, we went MVP, but I do have a problem of paying her off because it's subjective. It was a voting thing. And I do feel that Asia Wilson got screwed. Did, but that's okay. I'll take Gigi out to dinner, but you know, now, you know, let's determine it on the court. All right. We'll get another dinner on the line. We'll do that with the uh, the overall winner of the uh, the WNBA Finals. She's got the Liberty. Of course, uh, I've got the Aces. All right, I want to thank uh, her for joining us today, Tim Brando, who is in Laramie, Wyoming, getting ready to call Fresno State in Wyoming. Uh, great stuff with Timmy B. Can hear that interview up on the website a little bit later. And of course, we got the pair of Scots this hour. Scott Frost from Slice of Vegas, my man, and Scott Sprites, our handicapper extraordinaire, one of our two handicapper extraordinaires along with Marco D'Angelo, but Scott Spritzer uh, on his uh, Thursday 
plays for tonight as well as the rest of the weekend. Appreciate uh, that. Tomorrow, you know where we're at. We're at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. You got to love it. Come on by. See the show live. Mike Tyson joins us, the former Vikings coach. Bet, bet segment. Trevor Maddich joins us as well. Marco D'Angelo and myself tomorrow as we get ready for a great college football weekend, NFL and Aces and Liberty WNBA Finals. Again, you want to go to Slice of Vegas? We'll be broadcasting the show live there. Give us a call. We'll hook you up. 702-221-7283. For Numchuck TC saying so long, go to the website, check everything out. Up there a little bit later on today's show, along with the interviews and more at tcmartinshow.com. Tomorrow, we'll catch you at the Superbook, Westgate Las Vegas, as we get ready for a football, baseball, and aces weekend.